Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodcher. Terrific. Well, we are back to doing this on the computer, Dave, and it took us about an hour to figure out how to do this again. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yes, Uh. it's funny how it works. But I am no longer in Florida, and well, Dave, I already miss you and the family. I know, we do too. Yeah, well, Dave, we have part two of our 18th edition of recent animal stories and attacks covering everything that happened in the last six months of 2023. Nice. Uh, Once again, I have a plethora of different types of stories. We have a Siberian attack, Siberian tiger attack story. We've got a couple rabies, a blue ringed octopus story. Uh, I think that's the first one we've ever had a, and then we That's have a, a crocodile story, an alligator story, and a stingray story. Wow. And Dave, you have a some kind of story. I have no idea what you brought to the table. So we've got a lot of things going on. Uh, like I say, it's a plethora of stories. Yeah. And Dave, naturally, a few of these come from Florida as well. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> naturally. Yeah. Um, we hope everyone enjoyed uh Part one, where we covered some really crazy stories. We had a remember, Dave, we had a couple of jaguar attacks, the yeah. uh, as well as the Amazon driver who was bit by a rattlesnake while delivering a package. Uh, we had a guy that was killed by a hippo inside a zoo enclosure. Uh, the now infamous uh, Python porn star bite to the guy's manhood. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we got a lot of hits That's, from that one that sounds like commentary from a wrestling match <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of uh, and uh we have a crazy grizzly uh we had a crazy grizzly bear attack story with the guy literally has jaw his lower jaw bitten off and replaced with part of his leg bone or something uh, you, you gotta go back and check it out if you haven't yet yeah uh, our big lesson that we learned from that episode, Dave, is if you're going to handle any animals, just put pants on first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you remember, yeah. just put that's that's a, I, I st- I'm going to stick to that. And if you're going to handle animals, even a dog, just like pet a dog, just put some pants on first. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, Dave, we also had a bonus episode where we were in the studio together where we covered three deathy shark attack stories that happened last year. So go back and check that out as well. Our lesson from that bonus episode was if you're a woman with four names, if you have four names in your if you have four names and then as a woman or if you are a man named Charles, sharks might be out for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we had, got we, the code. We 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 know the code, and so if you are a woman with four names or a man named Charles, Chuck, or whatever else they go by, you might want to steer clear of the water, or you know, just be a little safer than the rest of us. Yeah. Or and if you're somebody that has a buddy named Charles, swim with them because they're going to get attacked first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Dave, I am back home in Utah, uh, not with you anymore in Florida. And so that means I am back with everyone's favorite cheetah and rainbow trout duo, Cheetor and Dante. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Just a quick update. Yes, I may have attacked your neighbor due to hunger while Matthew was gone. Uh, Yes, they may have a warrant for me. Uh, I barely even tore into his leg. It was just a little bit. Uh, a good thing I'm a cheetah and run so fast they couldn't even catch me. Well, that explains a lot for me since I got back. And I feel like I have some paperwork to do very soon. Oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, Dante, what do you have to say? Well, Matt, I'm definitely glad you're back. Cheeto was crazy while you were gone. I had to talk the police down multiple times. But we may have a warrant out for us, just FYI. And, well, uh, I may live with criminal animals. It's uh, <laughs> it's kind of a very fitting thing for the show that we do, actually. Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so silly. Okay, anyway, so uh, we before we get going, we want to thank all the listeners from around the world for joining us. I always like to think we have like a cult-like following. 
from uh, all the wonderful people. So thank you. And to all, everybody else uh, that's new, that's joining, be sure to go to Apple. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show uh, on Spotify. as You can do it on Spotify as well or any other platforms. Give us five stars. Tell your friends about us so we can grow even more. Uh, I look at our stats and, you know, every year we just keep bumping up every pretty much every month. We keep bumping up. It's more. And that's really all you can ask for yeah. as a podcaster. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we love our fans. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Well, Dave, what do you say? We just let's just hop into it, bro. Let's do it. Get Let's get to our first story. And this first one takes place back in early December last year. And we are going to Russia. Russia. We are going to the village of or uh, Obor, O-B-O-R, in the remote Ka, hold on, hold on a second. I need Kabrovsk, Kabrovsk region. I don't know. So it's uh, Eastern. Yeah. So you can see the script. So Kabrovsk. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, okay. Dave. So it's uh, Eastern Russia. It's not far from the Chinese border. And we follow a man. It's an unnamed man. We do not know his name. However, he is said to go by Uncle Vita. Okay. V-I-T-Y-A. Is that how Vitya. you say it? Vitya. Very good. Dave Dave is, with his um, books that he does, he is really good at accents and voices. So Dave is the <laughs> one to listen to, probably not me. So say it again, Dave, one more time. Vitya. Or if you're Chekhov, it would be Vitya. Vitya. Well, see... <laughs> <laughs> you, you crack it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. But he so we got Uncle Vitya. He is uh <laughs> you got it, man. Vitya. Yeah, he is uh 76 years old, so a retired older man in uh very rural Siberian Russia. Okay. Wow. So last year there were around 300 recordings of Siberian tigers that are also or you could also call them Amur tigers due to the Amur River. So that's fine. Uh, so we have 300 recordings of them entering populated areas. Wow. Most most of the time nothing happens, but sometimes a tiger will kill a pet dog or something like that. And even more rare, tigers will attack a human. Yeah, And I wasn't able to find out how many attacks there were this last year or anything. And of the big cats in the world, the Siberian tiger is known to be the very largest. It is the largest of all wild big cats. They can be anywhere from 400 to 800 pounds. That's a that's a big kitty. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost so, as big as our almost as big as our Biggie Chungus cat, Mike. The Biggie fat Chungus, cat. yeah, <laughs> your uh, <laughs> your own fat cat, and they call him Biggie Chungus, yeah, because he is fatty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go to Uncle Vitya. Uh, so he's in the village, and I'm not exactly sure what he is doing at the time, but his dog is attacked by a Siberian tiger. Ooh. And we don't know if uh, Vitya saw the attack or not, but he notices that his dog is gone and he actually follows the tracks in the snow and into the forest. And like I said, we don't even know that uh, Uncle Vitya knows that the dog has been taken by a tiger. It's uh, it's hard to get specific details from stories that are outside of the U.S., specifically in Russia, yeah. you know, and especially yeah. rural Russia like Siberia. Yeah. So um, we believe what is believed is that Uncle Vitya followed the tracks and eventually came upon the tiger that was eating his dog. Oh, well, the tiger wasn't very happy about that and probably perceived Uncle Vitya as a threat. So the tiger attacked and killed Uncle Vitya. Oh, man. 
So he was eventually found next to his dog's remains. And I can't confirm if he had been eaten as well. I just can't. I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, the dog does seem to have been partially eaten at the very least. Okay. And like I said, it's it's really, really difficult to find a follow-up to a lot of stories, uh, particularly when they're out of the country, especially rural Siberian Russia. Uh, I was not able to find, and I tried to dig deep into it, but uh, there nobody was there to witness the attack either. So we kind of have to take it for what it is. Yeah. And then Dave, do you remember we did a an entire episode on Siberian tigers way back in episode 27 and it had one of our most uh, memorable stories and I know it's actually one of your personal favorites, right? Yeah, yeah. When you said he went off tracking the footsteps automatically brought in that story into my mind. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm sure it did. So the Siberian tiger and a tale of revenge, uh, we covered all about Siberian tigers. So we learn a lot about them, but uh, the story is amazing. It's yeah. one of our true crime-ish uh, epi- uh, episodes. So a man stole a kill, uh, a boar. He stole a boar from a tiger and the tiger hunted the man over a few days. And eventually ended up killing him. It's It was back in the 90s. It's an incredible story. Yeah. And I don't remember all the details off the top of my head, but go back to episode 27. You can uh, learn all about it. It's a great story. Yeah. And also, uh, Siberian tigers are extremely endangered with only like seven or 800 left in the wild. That is better than it was about 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and Dave, we, we love tigers uh tiger yeah. there i'm a huge big cat guy but they are one of my favorite animals but like we have said many times we love tigers and they are amazing animals but sometimes they can be scary monsters yeah <laughs> as we have learned with our jim corbett stories yeah but yes and same with uncle vitya yeah he was a uh it didn't work out for him no that's too bad All right, so moving on to our second story now, Dave. For this story, we actually stay in early December, but we are we're going down under, mate. We are going to we are going to Perth, Australia, and this is actually where um, the last it happened yesterday. uh, The big WWE Elimination Chamber show. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. Oh, you gotta watch I it. I know you. I'm. I'm slowly getting you and your family into wrestling, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Kate and I went to your son. Kate and I went to the Royal Rumble when we were in Tampa, and then SmackDown was here in Salt Lake, and that's when The Rock turned heel. Did you even watch that? No, but they didn't have it on yet. That like we couldn't see it yet. Well, you just gotta look it, it up on YouTube. On, uh, it wasn't. Oh no! Well, we were trying to watch the full episode with uh, the, on uh, Peacock, but it wasn't no, on you, yet. The no, they don't do. I I don't know how it works there, but I'll just send you the link, and you got to watch uh, Rock go full heel. He talks a lot of shit on Salt Lake City. It's awesome. Oh okay, yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Whenever I get the chance to mention wrestling, I do. <laughs> yeah, how you know? It's funny, is it looks like they can only do the Elimination Chambers matches outside of the U.S. now. Yeah, because <laughs> I never see him here. Like, they just show us the ringside stuff. And all the cool stuff now is outside. They have to go to Australia for it now, apparently. Well, Australia is pretty cool, and Perth is pretty cool. And we actually yeah. have, um, uh, we Dave, we actually have several listeners I'm aware of that are in Perth. And a uh, uh, quick shout-out specifically to Adam and Gemma. Uh, I, I feel like Perth comes up often in our stories as well. So here is another Perth story. We have a young man named Jacob uh, Edding, Eggington. He is 18 years old, and so he is swimming on the beach and looking for seashells at Shoalwater Beach in Perth. And he picks up a shell to show his younger niece. Well, unbeknownst to him, inside the shell holds one of the most dangerous animals in on the planet. Huh. And it is in the shell that he is holding. Not what you would think, right? 
No. So the one of the most dangerous animals on the planet that he has in his shell, I'm talking about a blue-ringed octopus. Huh. Yeah, I, you I, probably don't even know about it. No. I wouldn't Okay, well I'm going to I'm going to tell you some things. So uh let's talk about them for the uh for a sec because you and many other people listening probably don't know they are really cool and really one of like the most beautiful animals they're just really cool looking and they're named after the colorful blue rings on their bodies and they're really small they're only about five to eight inches about the size of the palm of your hand is about how big they are and there are four species of them and they range from the pacific ocean to the indian ocean all the way from japan down to australia uh you would never guess such a beautiful cute small creature an octopus is considered to be one of the most dangerous animals on the planet what do you think makes it so dangerous dave well i would assume it's got some kind of uh sting or or uh or venom very good good job dave uh it is not poisonous like a couple sources said like i said that's one of my big animal pet peeves <laughs> is when they say uh poisonous uh it is venomous uh, remember venom is injected so dave you remember the difference between venom and poison right yeah poison is ingested poison- uh venom is inje- is injected Yes, uh, poison is secreted through the skin. Yes. So, uh, and the venom of a blue-ringed octopus is extremely toxic. Venom from these guys is really interesting. It can begin taking effect quickly, say 20 minutes to about... It could take uh, quick uh, effect quickly as 20 minutes, or it could take a few hours. Just depends. Wow. And it can kill... It can legit kill a man under... In under 30 minutes after an injection. And that just depends on the amount of venom and where it's injected. Uh, Death is usually from suffocation due to paralysis of the diaphragm. And it even causes total body paralysis. And what that means. So like you could be fully conscious and aware of your surroundings, but not being able to move. Wow. And there is no cure for the venom of a blue ringed octopus there is no anti-venom or anything like that like there is with a lot of like uh, snakes we talk about anti-venom often there is no anti-venom for a blue ringed octopus fortunately they are not very aggressive uh, so the only time they they will inject venom is when if they're cornered or you know somebody steps on them or they're pressed against huh it's out of self-defense uh which is really cool uh they're very dangerous little guys uh, and i'm going to have to add them to the list of animals to cover in a full episode wow so what do they use to inject the venom i don't know that's why i avoided that oh (laughs) (laughs) i gotta look more into it so (laughs) that's a good question and i'm actually glad you asked uh the answer is i don't know exactly and we will cover it in a full episode sometime soon probably sooner than later because your wife dana she keeps bugging me about doing an episode on octopus yeah so i found a way that's a very complicated animal to do so i can uh i think we can do an octopus episode and specifically talk to talk about the blue ringed octopus and if i do that i can get her all the way off my back about it All right, so we're not even done with the story. So back to the story uh, with Jacob. Jacob uh, puts the shell in his pocket and takes it to the shore to show his infant niece. He just wants to show his niece, who's a baby, the shell. It's a pretty shell. He takes it out of his pocket, sees the octopus and drops it. He yells out loudly to warn surrounding people because the octopus is running around the sand of the beach uh he was about to he was actually about to hand the shell with the octopus in it to his infant niece so it's very lucky that that didn't happen yeah and so he had the octopus in his pocket uh luckily after he you know he saw he picked up the shell out of his pocket and saw that there was so he dropped it 
but he was smart enough and knew what the octopus was and knew that it was dangerous. So he actually inspected his leg and found a small, very small and very uh, painless at the beginning, uh, a bite or wound. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what they inject with. They inject you with, but it was something. And uh, he had it on his leg. It was painless at the, at the beginning. So he barely noticed it, but he was smart enough to check his leg to see that there was something there. Uh, it took a little bit to kick in, and then he started to feel unwell. Oh. Uh, he quickly sought medical attention. He was stretchered off the beach where he was treated for more than six hours wow. for his wound. Uh, uh, good news. Luckily for Jacob, he survived and was expected to make a full recovery. Oh, that's good. Yes. So isn't that fascinating? Uh, a little octopus the size of your palm is one of the most dangerous animals on the planet. Uh, um, despite the extreme toxicity of their venom, there have only been a handful of confirmed deaths, deaths from a blue ringed octopus. That's crazy. So Gosh, Dana, Australia has them all. They got all the, like the smaller venomous ones. Yeah, there's an argument to be made to does it say uh, you can just say North America or Australia have the most dangerous animals. It's a very you could I could see a battle on which way that would go. I could well, make arguments both ways. Australia just has these teeny things. I mean, they've got that uh, small jellyfish. Now they got the blue ringed octopus to worry about. They got that the snakes. And the spiders. Oh, that's crazy there. They got a lot more venom in Australia. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah. But uh, uh, Dana, your wife, who is my sister, has been pushing for uh, an octopus episode. So a blue ringed octopus episode where we can learn. We can learn where they inject their venom and everything. So we will do uh, an, a solo episode on them probably sooner than later. Okay. And if if you play the Force of Nature drinking game, every time I say we will cover that, you take a shot and sometimes you might get drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of an old bit that we, that we did, huh? Yeah. But it's it's kind of fun. But anyway, let's go to our next story. For this one, we are going to around December 9th, 9th-ish. And Dave, we are going to Princeton. Do you know where Princeton is, the college? Sure do. I've been there. I know you. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware that you have uh, been in New Jersey. So yeah. Princeton is in New Jersey and it is known for having the Ivy League Princeton University, right? Yeah. Is it a cool campus? It's it's pretty. It looks it's it's uh, it's not like as elaborate as a as a uh, Hogwarts. But yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's like that old stone cathedral looking. Yeah, uh, kind of gothic looking. Place. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty. I, I imagine Beautiful it would trees be. trees, too. Like, you go there at the right and time, it, you watch them bloom. And to be there. fair, it was the early 2000s when you were there. Yeah, yep. Yeah, right before the 2000s, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. well, anyway, so. But yeah, it's a ritzy oh, school. Yeah, I, it definitely is. And. Well, it's kind of odd to have a story from Princeton University, right? Yeah. Unless this story involves... Rabies. Ah, yeah, that's that's still my favorite clip that we do, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so on the Princeton campus, a young woman was walking near the gym when she was attacked by a, a suspected... Rabid raccoon. Oh, boy. Uh, the woman was actually filming this little trash panda when it went under a fence and it bit her, came and bit her leg. Oh, wow. Was it she leg didn't... day at the gym? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right. <laughs> but she didn't even uh, antagonize it or anything. It just kind of took off and bit her. Oh, wow. And then it bit her and then took off and then didn't see it again. Now, all I know is that she was treated for possible exposure to rabies. And now the rabid raccoon, uh, the suspect, 
uh, actually attacked a second person near the campus about 12 hours later. Oh, gee. and that's when uh, it attacked a person when they f- when they found the little trash panda on their doorstep. Oh, wow. And it attacked them. Police were also notified about a third encounter of the little trash panda biting, maybe possibly a third person. Oh, my goodness. Now, now when a raccoon or small animal uh, similar to it, when they show symptoms. So we've talked about how rabies works multiple times on the show. We've done two episodes all about rabies, and I'm still learning more as we go on. But um, so now when a raccoon or small animal, like I say a skunk or something, a beaver or something like that, when they show symptoms, they will typically die in a few days. Uh, So no further incidents occurred after those few days. So cops and animal control deemed the animal to be dead from rabies and no longer a threat. They never found it, but they deemed it to be dead after that. And I don't think I don't think they ever found it either but the oh. everybody was treated um i i or at least I, I actually can't even confirm that hopefully everyone got their uh rabies vaccination because yeah. dave what is the chance you will die from a rabies bite as soon as symptoms show what is the percent that you will die most likely 100 it's it's basically yeah it's 100 percent and we have learned that on the show. Like I said, we have done two full episodes on rabies, and it's an occurring theme that on the show. Uh, once symptoms set in, the vaccination does no longer work. It is a 100% chance you will die. So to all of our listeners, if you are ever bitten or scratched by a small mammal, really get it checked because rabies is extremely dangerous rabies kills over 50,000 people around uh, 50,000 people a year around the world and the the vast majority of them are in sub-saharan africa and southeast asia we might get like one to five people a year in the u.s that die from it Uh, the virus is very strange and you may not show symptoms for weeks or months after being bitten but yeah. if you are bitten by, say, a raccoon, get uh, you got to go to the doctor. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you do not want rabies. I've I've seen videos of people, and it was this guy in India. He had rabies, and he literally looked like a zombie. It was wild, it's, Dave. Uh, it's disturbing crazy. too. So, rabies is serious. Um, so just to make and going off that, make sure to get your pets and uh, your dogs and your cats. Get Make sure they get the rabies vaccine as well. And yeah. don't mess with animals that are acting weird. Yeah. If bitten, go to the doctor. And so, Dave, do you remember what the number one species transmitter of rabies is in the U.S.? I believe it was bats. Very good. You're you're correct. So. It, bats are the number one transmitter of rabies. I actually spoke to uh, some. He had something to do with animal. I can't remember what his job was, but he had something to do with uh, animals. And he said that they had um, three rabies cases in here in Ogden, Utah, of bats, not of people, but of bats. So they oh. really look out for that stuff too. It's. Uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised on how much they look out for that. So rabies is serious. Uh, you do not want it. You will die. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you crazy. are bitten by a bat or scratched by a bat, uh, if you live somewhere else around the world, the number one transmitters are actually cats and dogs. Okay. So that's why we make sure to vaccinate all of our pets here. It's a big deal, as we've talked about multiple times. Well, and that brings us to a- another rabies story. Yeah, I just like that clip so much. We played it again. (laughs) Uh, That clip and the Jim Corbett clip, of course. Those are our two favorite. (laughs) Yeah. So for this rabies story, we go to early November and we go to a small town called Elon in South Carolina. Oh. And and we have a rabid fox that attacked a seven-year-old girl. The girl's mother 
said that the fox tried biting through the girl's cowboy boots. So she was wearing some boots. She said that her and her husband actually killed the fox so it would stop attacking their daughter. Gee. And I don't know how they killed it, but we've covered similar, very similar stories. We've covered it with bobcats, beavers, fox, um, probably a couple other raccoons. And like where people actually had to kill that animal to um, oh, that rabies was infected their brain so much that they had to kill it because it was such a danger to them. Yeah. And uh, the the dead fox was sent to a lab and found positive for rabies. Wow. Uh, I don't know specific details. I'm sure the family took the necessary precautions. If anyone was actually bitten or even scratched, uh, I'd do a deep wash on those boots, too. Yeah. Uh, rabies is very serious. Very serious. Yeah. Well, gee, that, those are some... Everyone needs to get a pair of cowboy boots. <laughs> to help, hopefully that protected the seven-year-old girl from the fox bite. I yeah. went, I wouldn't doubt it did. But yeah, uh, rabies is something that I've, over the years, I've learned a lot about. And now I'm scared of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you ever randomly pet a cat you didn't know and be like, I wonder if it has rabies? yeah like did i just pet that dog did i just get did that that dog just licked me on the face did i just get rabies <laughs> yeah. uh no uh it's uh, extremely highly unlikely because dogs and cats need to get the vaccination here in the u.s uh yeah. in other countries i'm not sure i mean if you're in like uh southeast asia then i would not pet a dog there uh true yeah, there are um, like foundations that I've, I've watched uh, documentaries where they uh, they get groups of people together and they there's so many stray dogs there and they will like capture them and give them the vaccine. So that way, if they are bitten by another rabid dog or something, then they won't be affected. Won't spread because yeah. it's like I said, it kills thousands of people a year in that area. That's crazy. But Rabies is weird, bro. Yeah. But uh, we got to, yeah, we'll end up doing another episode on rabies sometime. Yeah. Uh, have another shot if you're playing yeah. the Force of Nature drinking game. Yep. <laughs> All right, Dave. So let's get to our next story. And we are once again going back down under, mate. And this one takes place back in early November. This is a really weird one. All right. So. Huh. We meet a man. His name is Colin Devereaux. He is in his 60s. And he is a veteran cattle rancher, okay? Oh, wow. Uh, and so Colin... So this takes place in the Northern Territories. I think that's what they call it. Okay. Anyway, so Colin had been on his way to build some fencing near his home in... Okay, Twin Hill Station in the Northern Territories, which is the Northern Territories is, is a state in, I guess you could say a state or, or yeah. what do you call it? Province, Province or state? Yeah. I don't know what they call it there, but it's um, a state in Australia. It's a really large one. It might be the largest. And it's like from the smack dab in the middle all the way up north. Okay. Yeah. If you looked at a map, you'd get what I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's uh, near the coast. This town, Twin Hill Station, is near the coast in the northern part of the country. And like I said, like right in the middle in the north. It's a very interesting area. Okay. So Colin stopped at a lake because he, I guess he just wanted to watch some fish or just hang out for a bit at a lake. All right. Uh -huh. And so here's an interesting thing that I did not know. Uh, the lake, a lake in Australia, it's known. Do you know the name, the term for it? Ah, a billabong. A billabong. Oh, I'm... a billabong. Huh. I guess that's where they came up with the 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 brand billabong. There is a brand like it's kind of like a skater snowboard brand. I yeah. feel like billabong. Yeah. I think it's still around. I don't even know, but I remember it when I was like uh, when I was in high school and stuff and. So yeah, so that is like it's it's uh, the term for just 
describes a small body of water, maybe like a pond. Okay. Uh, maybe not maybe not a lake, but maybe a pond is what you would call Okay, so if you're in Australia, you would call it a billabong instead of a pond. Okay. So, yeah, I that was that was new information to me. So, it's kind of cool how you, you figure that out. Yeah. Anyway, so Colin, he's at the billabong. He took a few steps into the billabong. I like saying billabong. (laughs) (laughs) And so he takes a few steps into the billabong when he is attacked. What do you think he's attacked by? Crocodile. Hell yeah. Definitely a crocodile. Saltwater crocodile. It's a salty. That's what they, that's the, that's the term they use. They have freshies and salties, freshwater crocodile and saltwater crocodile in Australia. So this is a salty, the largest reptile on the planet. Wow. And we have done um we've done multiple episodes on crocodiles and we did one on alligators. So but we have not done we did one on Nile crocodiles, but we have not done a solo episode on saltwaters, on salties. So we do need to do that sometime. Okay, yeah. So take yeah. another shot. If you're playing the Force of Nature game, take a shot. You're going to get drunk at the end of this one. I guarantee it. Maybe I should do that sometime and take shots of my own whenever I write things down. Yeah. Whenever I write down that we're going to cover it sometime, I have to take a shot. <laughs> well, then I'll you won't be, be able like, to read I'll your I'll be like slurring by the end, by the end of it. Don, <laughs> or Cheetor, Cheetor will be slurring at the end when we record it. All right. And anyway, okay. So uh, we're uh, it's a saltwater crocodile. Uh, it's about ten foot, ten feet long, uh, which is about three, little, no, three and a half meters. No, three point two five meters is what I'm going for. Okay. Anyway, anyway, any Aussies want to correct me on that? Go for it. But um, he's att- he is attacked by a crocodile. Colin is, has been bitten on his right foot. And the crocodile is shaking him around, shaking Ugh. his foot in its mouth like a rag doll. Mm. And that's in his own words and pulling him into the water. So Colin says that he tried kicking the crocodile with his left foot and this free left foot to and that it just no avail didn't work out. So they are fighting and the crocodile's pulling Colin into the water and thrashing around. The crocodile got Colin into such an awkward position. This is weird, Dave. The crocodile got um, Colin in such a weird position, awkward position, that somehow Colin's teeth caught the eyelid of the crocodile. Oh my goodness. Can't even explain how that happens. It thrashed him around and it just happened to be that his teeth got caught in the crocodile's eyelid well colin colin didn't waste time when that happened because he bit down on the croc's eyelid oh my goodness colin in his own words he says it was pretty thick like holding on to leather but i jerked back on his eyelid and he let go oh wow that's (laughs) crazy that's so weird and wild (laughs) Uh, colin says the entire attack lasted maybe eight seconds Wow. So in eight seconds, crocodile grabs you by your foot and hey. somehow somehow your teeth get caught on its eyelid. You bite down and that's that. Yeah. Hey, he, well, he won the rodeo that round that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it lasted or, eight seconds. <laughs> that's true. Eight seconds. You're right. <laughs> well, uh, or is that it? Because after biting the croc's eyelid, which is a sentence I thought I would never say. <laughs> The croc let go of his leg and Colin began getting out of the water, obviously, and like going towards his car while the crocodile was following him. Oh, my goodness. Wait. And he's still walking fine, huh? I I doubt it. I bet he's I bet he's hobbling on one foot. I would have thought he was broken or something. I, I can't confirm either way. I imagine Colin is hobbling on one foot on the sand of the beach or whatever it is at the billabong and the croc is now following him oh my goodness and it follows him for another uh, 13 feet which is about four meters until it eventually gave up and went back into the water so 
Colin, he used a towel and a length of rope as a makeshift tourniquet on his injured leg to stop the bleeding. Now, Colin's brother, who I guess was with him, uh, this it was I had multiple sources. His brother didn't come in until the very end. So I guess he was with his brother the whole time. Huh. Uh, so his brother drove him 80 miles to the nearest hospital. That's just how Gee. rural uh, they were in us in the Northern Territories. Northern Territories is not very populated at all, especially yeah. in the in the middle. But um, they were in near the coast. But the, still, they had to drive 80 miles to the nearest hospital. And when he got to the hospital, doctors had to repeatedly flush the harmful bacteria uh, from his wound that came from the crocodile's mouth and the dirty lake water that probably seeped into his wound. Uh. He spent nearly a month at the hospital. Wow. Where he received a screen graft and said that he could finally feel his toes. And for what I gathered, he has mostly, if not fully recovered at this point. Oh, that's good. So good for him. So, uh, listeners, if you ever get attacked by a crocodile, just bite their eyelids. Yeah, that's yeah. the way to go. <laughs> well, it yeah. worked out for this guy. Yeah. Just remember, now, just now he remember has a taste that. for crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> now he has a taste for crocodile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, Dave, you have a story for us, right? I do. Yeah. So how about yeah. you share your story with us right now? Okay, let's do it. So this one's back in October 2023. We're going to go to South Africa. Cape Town, to be precise. Nice. Anyway, we're at the Cape Town beach. And it's in the evening. And a woman's just walking along the beach. And all of a sudden, something attacks her. She stumbles on something and it bites her. What do you think it is? Okay. Oh, dude, I, could, I got so many guests. Okay, so she's on the beach. Uh-huh. Walking down the beach in the evening. Is it small or big? Uh, kind of big. A lion? (laughs) A sea lion. A sea lion? Yeah. Okay, keep going. Sea lion bites her. So, of course, ah! (laughs) She she gets bit by it. Kind of hard to miss a sea lion. Yeah, it was yeah, it was evening time. I guess she didn't. So she, she didn't couldn't see it, see it in the she dark. Came upon okay. it, but there's there's more to it. Anyway, she gets bit by the sea lion. Paramedics take her to the hospital. She gets treated. She's fine. Now I guess there's more to the story about why the sea lion bit, and um, and because here's the main thing that's being promoted and said. Apparently, this is a sea lion that came up, and it's it's been frequenting that beach for about four months at that time, and mm-hmm. people started, uh, I guess they pester it. You know, it it came up on the beach, was was frequenting there, trying to rest, because they swim, sometimes they'll swim long periods, and so they like they come up on beaches and rest. Now, this one kept trying to rest, but it's always getting harassed. People were throwing rocks and stones at it, and really? and dogs, yeah. And I was thinking at first, I was like, well, maybe they're, they think it's wilder. It's coming too close to them, so they were doing that. But apparently, um, from what the authorities were saying, they were watching people doing this to, in order to get the sea lion to chase them, and they could get they record the sea lion chasing. So them people were like just YouTube being dickheads. Yeah, and so yeah. they'd been harassing it and stressing it out, and so I guess that had happened even earlier that day, and so the lady was walking in the evening and she didn't see the sea lion there and it's crazed out so it bit her oh. it, you know because of what the humans have been doing to her it felt like it had to defend itself you know because the human got close right. so it bit her so and the authorities like they they knew this was going on they didn't they didn't know because it was evening they didn't see that this was happening either that the sea lion was was there that she was right there too right. but anyway uh, the humane or uh Animal control, whatever they have down there, took the sea lion and started. And I guess they were into, they were treating it for wounds uh, because of what you know the dog attacks and the stones and everything. And while they were, they say it, it it died. They're labeling it as the sea lion died because of stress, a stress-induced mm. death. 
which sounded kind of odd to me, but they say it happens a lot. In fact, um, that's why they don't generally, um, uh, what do you call, you know, like if you have a, an animal like a manatee or something that's hurt, they take it in and rehabilitate it. They don't right. usually take, they don't usually take in sea lions to rehabilitate them, because the taking them in stresses them out so much they don't actually end up recovering. So yeah, they they're they're pretty sensitive to that. Yeah, so yeah, I guess that it holds true that yeah, it was a stress induced death because like they they were otherwise they would have said it was from the wounds itself, but. They said it was a stress-induced one happening because hmm. it's harassed and stressed, and then they take it off the beach into the, uh, you know, wherever they were going to take care of it. And again, yeah, it's stressed people can out. be dickheads, can't they? Yeah. Like, yeah that's so, not cool at all. No, it's not. So the lady's fine when she got bit. She's fine. But again, okay. it was sad, though. There was a death in it, and it was this, the poor little sea lion. The poor sea lion that yeah. was stressed out from people being dickheads and um, bothering it constantly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, so yeah, that's a downer of a story, Dave. It kind of, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually like to do those, but yeah, it, it kind of is. But yeah, it's they, a good story and it's a good learning story for yeah. everybody. Yeah, authorities try to tell you don't try to treat it as something cute to either pet, go up to and pet, or else try to interact with it. Treat it as a wild animal. Let it be. They'll come up on the beach because they're tired. Uh, you know, they're out in the ocean yeah. there in South, you know, Cape Town. Avoid huge, predators. They whites have, uh, are after yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Great white sharks there. So uh, avoiding predators, they need to chill out for a bit. So don't bother them while they're chilling out from great whites. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he was he was there long enough that they nicknamed him. He was named Freddy. So Freddy. poor little Freddy. Aww. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, so see, it's too bad. See, we have, we have when we have people die, it's not nearly as bad. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how it works, huh? Yeah, I, I felt yeah. I felt way more uh, sympathy for the sea lion than I have for <laughs> several of our victims and our stories. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't harass a wild animal, guys. No, uh, yeah. Come on, Cape Town, That'd figure be. it out. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, that that was a interesting story and is uh, informational because we learned we learned some things from us. So good job. Yeah. Thanks. Um. All right. So I got another one here, and I was talking about crocodilians. So we are now g- going to do another crocodilian story. Uh, Dave, let's go to Florida. Oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> we wouldn't have one of these episodes without a Florida story. And I, <laughs> I promise I don't seek out Florida stories. They just happen. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> so in late August, uh, a team of alligator hunters in... Okay, so this is a little bit before, precursor to the story. So in late August, a team of alligator hunters in Mississippi, they caught the largest recorded gator in... Uh, Mississippi history. It was a whopping 14 uh, feet and three inches long and weighed 802.5 pounds. Wow. I saw photos. It looks like a freaking dinosaur. It is a giant gator. Wow. Well, uh, and so this gets to our Florida story. Well, in Florida, Florida saw this and they decided, yeah, we can do better. So <laughs> just just a week later in early September, a four man team caught an even larger alligator. Now, previously, before getting into this story, I, I did a deep dive. So all my gator hunting knowledge came from uh, watching Swamp People. I don't know if you ever saw that, Dave. No, I didn't. It was like a super... Uh, <laughs> it was like, I can't remember, History Channel, Discovery Channel, one of the one of them, and it followed these people in like Louisiana, like real backwoods people. And they followed them hunting gators. Like these, these guys, they're speaking English, but they needed subtitles because you didn't know what the hell they were saying. <laughs> nice. Uh, it was a fun show to watch, but that's where all my uh, knowledge, uh, gator hunting knowledge, had come from previously. Okay. But I did, like I said, I did a deep dive and re- when researching the story, uh, and when researching the story, I actually, I guess, I did a deep dive into gator hunting so I could present the story better. And Dave, we actually did a whole episode on alligators way back in episode forty. 
And like I said, we did a four-part series on Crocs and Gators. So go back and check that out if you haven't. But uh, Gators have an interesting story. So in the 70s, they were considered endangered here in America. Wow. But they quickly they quickly had a re- resurgence. And they now they number in the millions. So 1.3 million gators are said to be in the state of Florida alone. It's actually a great conservation story. And we covered it in that episode, but um, I was a little confused on how you hunt gators. It's a a bit more complicated than I thought it would be. And I previously thought that you just like trap them. Like you use a trap lure, like you bury Uh a lure with some meat on it and they'll bite on it. And then you go back and find it later. And then you just use like a a small, you can use like a 22 or small caliber gun to shoot it on the top of the head. And it Uh hits the brain. And so each state actually has different laws on how to hunt them. In Florida, you cannot use a firearm. Oh, okay. But you can use what is essentially a firearm. It's called a boomstick. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, it's called, it's called, it's dynamite. It's dynamite. Okay, it's not dynamite, Dave. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's definitely not dynamite. (laughs) I thought that's what they call it here in the South. So but what they use is called a boomstick or a bang stick, whatever you want to call it. So once you get the gator, and so like you can like um, hunt them just like fishing, and you can use like a fi- like a rod and reel and everything. Oh, okay. And like try to bring it in. Like imagine how difficult that would be for yeah, a big that'd be gator. Crazy. Yeah. What kind of and, rod would you use? Like a rebar know. or something? I mean, what? <laughs> you got to use something real strong and. You got to have a good back for it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, once you get the gator close up, you use what's called a, a boomstick. And so it's essentially like, how would you put it? It's like a firearm on a pole. It's a makeshift firearm huh. with like one shot. So you stick it in its head and it shoots and it's, and then that kills it. But it's only one shot. Uh, it's hard to explain, but it's that is how you kill the gators there in Florida. Is it like uh, a rickshaw, like what you'd use to um, hammer in studs into cement, where it's it looks like a kind of a, a it's got a handle on one end, and you'd smack it hard, and then it it that's a percussion it hits the percussion cap, which fires whatever it is. Is that what it is? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Okay. So it's essentially a makeshift version of the what that, yeah. So okay. a boomstick. <laughs> okay. Uh all right. Well, I haven't even gotten the story. So uh anyway, we meet a man. Let's meet a man. His name is Kevin Grotz. He's an outdoor sportsman who runs the outfit Florida Gator Hunting. Oh, okay. And so you actually do need to get tags to legally hunt gators as well. And you typically do it from a small boat, too. So Kevin and some guys are aware of reports of a monster gator in in uh, nearby Orlando. Wow. OK. And this monster gator is around a population hub of people. So they want to remove it to you know keep people safe. Uh, in his 20 years of hunting gators, he had never experienced anything like this. It took Kevin and his four guys uh four hours to get the gator in wow and i assume they were using like a like a fishing pole lure i i can't confirm that but once yeah like once it's close enough then use the bang the boomstick to kill the gator and i believe that's what they did so it took them four hours to reel this guy in and i yeah i can imagine that like a gator can go hide behind a a log underwater and there's nothing that people can do. So you got to really, really fight to get a alligator like that. But they did yeah. accomplish it and they did bring it in. And the monster gator. Oh, and I saw photos and it is a freaking dinosaur. It was over 900 pounds. Wow. Oh, that's about 100 pounds more than that Mississippi gator. See. So that's freaking crazy. Giant gator. Uh, The largest gator ever recorded was a 15 foot 
1,011 pound giant caught in Alabama in 2014. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Dave, you got gators there, bro. Oh, yeah. So, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't go to the billabong if I was you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember when we took you to that conservation park? Yeah, uh, that was cool, but I'm not place... swimming in it. No, no, no. But yeah, we had a place yeah, I... called Gate. We called we nicknamed Gator Island because we always see a big guy over there. I yeah, when I was when I went and visited that area, I saw some gators there too. And my first thought was, I'm not swimming. <laughs> no, no. But well, Dave, maybe uh, next time I visit, maybe next next year, uh, maybe we could. We we should probably go to the Everglades, or we could do some kind of gator hunt. That would be awesome. Yeah. So I mean, we don't have to we don't have to kill it, but maybe we could just be a part of it. Yeah. And film it and post it. I don't know. That sounds awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think that would be fun. I would be totally into that. And then yeah. we could eat the gator. We could have some gator to eat and tell everybody how it is. I've I th- I've had gator before. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I've had gator sausage. Tastes good, yeah. just like sausage. Yeah, <laughs> you can kind of barely notice it's gator. Yeah, yeah. And then we then we can get some gator boots and uh, anything else we need. Gator. Yeah, gator briefcase, gator wallet, <laughs> gator. Dub. We'll get it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, I have one more story for us this episode. Okay. And for this story, well, let's just. We might, we're in Florida, might as well just stay in Florida. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should have stayed in here too, Matt. Well, this is, and this one's actually pretty close to you too. <laughs> oh. So we're going back to August, back in August for this one. And we go to a beach very close to you, Dave. Uh, uh, by, I don't know how to say B A H I A. I A. Bahia. Yeah, beach in it's in Ruskin, Florida, very close to Tampa. Yeah, I know where Ruskin is. Yeah, yeah. So, are you aware? You're probably slightly aware of this beach. That's in Tampa Bay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's in the so, bay. So, okay. Well, then, have you been there yet? No. All right. Well, don't. <laughs> Just kidding. The, uh, this this shouldn't uh, hinder your uh, beach experience there, hopefully. But let's uh, go to the story when we're going to meet Christy Katafo O'Brien and her husband. He, I don't know his name, but they are at the beach and they're just chilling in kind of like knee deep water. Right. And uh-huh. I, I, I can't confirm, but I, I'm pretty sure she is like sitting down in knee deep water. That's the only way I can like picture it to make sense. Okay. So while she's relaxing, she suddenly feels something stab her in her back. Oh. And no, her husband was not cheating on her. This was... <laughs> uh, and this story really gives like Steve Irwin vibes, the crocodile hunter. Uh-huh. Because it was a stingray. Oh, my goodness. So at first, she thought it was a jellyfish and it was super painful. She started to stand up. Okay, well, like, so I, I think she was sitting down. So she stands up and her husband was like, no, don't move at all. There is a stingray connected to your body. Oh, boy. So like the stingray stabs her in the back and their stinger is called a, uh, how do you say it? Caldo? It's a, it's a barb, something uh, yeah. barb. Uh, it looks a lot. It looks kind of like a bony arrow, like a bow and arrow. It looks like a bony arrow, and that's serrated. Yeah. So, oh, oh, and guess what? They're venomous. Yeah. And so the uh, she literally got hit in the back with the barb, the venomous barb, uh, and the stingray got her on her right side of her back near her shoulder. And the barb doesn't it so like a stingray barb doesn't come out like a bee or a wasp or anything. You know, you can kind of remove yeah. those yourself. Yeah. Well, this is a, so she is in the water with a stingray literally connected to her back by the barb. And whenever the ray moves or something like that, well, the barb moves in her back. Uh. 
So Christy says anytime there was a wave or anything move, she could feel the barb moving in her back. Ugh. So uh, the husband calls 911 and responders, well, it took them 45 minutes to arrive. So, yeah, having oh a venomous a, having a venomous stingray connected to your back for, for 45 minutes. I don't think that sounds like fun. No. <laughs> and um, the venom. So the venomous barb uh, missed puncturing her lungs by only three centimeters. Oh, my goodness. So it this went that is, deep then. Huh? It went that deep. Yeah, dude, it's a couple inches long. So this is how Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, died. He did get stabbed and it did puncture his lung, I believe. Uh, we've oh. actually never covered his story. I always thought it was a little cliche to cover. He's so famous. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have to do it sometime so we can get oh, yeah. um, some more information on it. But so for Christy, it uh, she survives. And she recovered, but yeah, it was three centimeters away from puncturing her lung. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So once she got to the hospital, you know, they, what's weird is I saw pics of her at the hospital and at some point, I don't know at what point, but they cut the tail off of the ray. So the pictures I saw were, she literally had a raised tail with the barb in her back as her photos. It's really weird. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, imagine having a freaking barb in your back and a, a stingray's tail hanging off of you. Oh, that's that... what it, that's literally what the photos were. And I, I, I will uh, post that on our social media because it's so weird to see. That's uh, but like crazy. I, it's really crazy. And like I said, she did survive and she recovered and they gave her um, medications to combat uh, the venom and any po potential infection. Stingray venom is not terrible oh, in the okay. sense it's uh, nothing compared to a blue ring octopus. Let's put it that way. Oh, but uh, wild story. I'm glad they survived. We only had a little bit of death in this episode. Uh, yeah. Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. I hope you and everyone enjoyed all the plethora of stories. And, you know, like last couple episodes, we had a, a takeaway lesson for this episode. Uh, I don't really have one for this episode. However, maybe it's just like, uh, just don't go to Florida. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be a woman named with four names or a man named Charles with sharks. Uh, <laughs> uh don't, uh, oh, and, uh, of course, if you're going to handle an animal, just wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to put together a safety shirt. You know, <laughs> yeah. shirt with just all wear our pants. Points. Yeah. Just put some pants on before <laughs> handling something. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that is going to conclude our coverage on stories from 2023. And we will do another one. Of, we will do more of these episodes. Once the first six months of 2024 are over, uh, these are some of our favorite episodes to do. It's fun just covering multiple different stories. Um, so, Dave, however, I want to do a solo animal episode next, but I do not know which animal we will cover. I oh, do have us. a. <laughs> that's <laughs> a, it's a contender. So, um, uh, I do have a list of over 50 episodes uh, <laughs> to cover like this. We're never going to run out of, of stuff. That so is always something. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a good problem to have, you could say, but sometimes I gotta, yeah, something's got to click with me to, in order to cover it. So I do not know what we will cover next. Uh, it will be a solo episode. And do you want me to tell you what I'm leaning towards? Yeah. Capybara. Oh, interesting. Okay. They've been. Uh, it's a. It's a maybe at this point. Okay. It's the card is subject to change, but kind of leaning towards them. We might do a full episode on them next. Okay. You know what a capybara is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The world's largest rodent. They're they're yeah. freaking cool, and they're like the most chill animal ever. So we might cover them. 
next oh well i've already talked about it so much i feel like that's probably next <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well uh dave if our listeners enjoyed this show what is something they can do for us go to itunes apple podcast wherever you listen to subscribe rate review give us five stars say something you like about the show it really helps us gain more attention gain more listeners if you'd really like to help us out well you can help to keep those rabid debtors off of our backs to pay for this little podcast and help to raise, stingrays our bank account by donating <laughs> via PayPal or Venmo. <laughs> oh, that's always my favorite part of the show when you do that. Dave's really good at off-the-cuff stuff. Yes, of course, uh, do that. And uh, remember to get your Force of Nature t-shirts and stickers. Uh we have a big batch of stickers, and to order a T-shirt or sticker, all you got to do is go to our Facebook or Instagram or email, and just you got to DM us and tell us that you want one. Uh, I will be giving free stickers out, so all you got to do is DM us, and I will send you free stickers if you're in the U.S. <laughs> nice. You're, if you're not in the U.S., uh, you're going to pay for the shipping, but that's okay. And Still good. Yeah. If you order a shirt, I'll throw in a bunch of stickers, too. So, well, Dave, before we sign off. Wait, you do you hear that? Yeah. Why do I hear police sirens? Oh, man, they found me. Matt, Dave, Dante. Uh, I'm sorry, fellas, but I got to go. I can't go back to prison. I got to run. They'll never catch me. I'm a cheetah. Yeah, so Cheetor did do some time in a prison at Zimbabwe. He did escape, and Interpol may be after him. And me? I may have been a part of it all. Well, uh, Dave, our characters are now international criminals, or apparently they have been for a while. Oh boy. This may not go well. Uh, tune in to next episode to figure out what happens to Cheetor and Dante. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, we literally made that up on the spot right before we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends, be a part of building us up, and we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>